Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Open your Bible. Who brought their Bible with them? Open your Bible. I want to, uh, I want to share something. I'm not going to preach for long. Um, but uh, I want to share something that uh, God, I really felt God put on my heart. And uh, I just want to... I just want to uh, just talk to you about it a little bit tonight. Can I do that? Is that all right? In, um, you don't have a choice, do you? I've already got the mic. Some of you are like, Second uh. Corinthians, I want to read this verse in Second Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, starting from verse 7. If you don't have a Bible, you can look on the screen with us. I'm going to read from a version that I don't I don't typically read from all that much, but I just like the way it explains it. It's from the message, this version. And this is Paul speaking. And prior to these verses, Paul has been talking firstly about all of the things that he's gone through, things that he's done. Paul's life has been pretty crazy. He's had you know, some pretty radical encounters with God. He was totally away from God, totally opposing the kingdom of God has a radical, life-changing turnaround. Then he goes through all of these different challenges, and, and he's, he's talking about those in, in, uh, in these earlier chapters. Then he starts to talk some more about the amazing, really encounters, powerful encounters that he had with God, where God showed him some things, where he got some deep, really deep revelations in God. And... In verse 7, he goes on and he says this in verse 7, 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then he told me this. He said to me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. How many know that his grace is all we need? I'm trying hard not to preach right there. That's a great spot to preach. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, Paul goes on, he says, once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicapped and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. You could, uh, you could leave right now happy with a word from God just from reading that. Could you not? How many were encouraged just by that? Awesome. Bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> what a powerful few verses. What a powerful week. We, we often, we quote it like this. My strength is made perfect. God says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. It's a funny thing because 
when we look at these verses, they really are, it's an odd thing to look at. It's so contrary to, I think, how we operate in society nowadays. And I want to talk about this topic a little bit. I really want to talk about surrounding this topic. And you can write it down if you're taking notes. Don't waste your weakness. Don't waste your weakness. Weaknesses in society, they're typically things that we don't like to talk about, are they? Weaknesses are things that we typically, we frown upon. Our own personal weaknesses are not necessarily things that we would like broadcast for everybody to see. Have you ever been for a job interview? I've seen on TV, they've got that new show where they actually show people. Have you seen it before? People going for job interviews. A very common question in a job interview will often be, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? I remember going for job interviews and I knew that question regarding my weaknesses was going to come. So what I would try and do is I would try and think up answers to that question that really answered the question just to get me through, you know, because I had to say something. But really, I would try and think of things that weren't really weaknesses. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they would say, what are your weaknesses? I'd be like, oh, I'm just obsessed with being on time, you know, like. Oh my, I'm, I'm, uh, weaknesses, gee, wow. The thing that I really am bad, I'm just a perfectionist. I just have to do a great job every single time. God, forgive me. I ask the Lord to take it, but I just can't. <laughs> Why we do is what we're trying to do is we don't want people to know our weaknesses. We love, we are attracted to strength. We so love strength that we will so often lean upon our strengths, do things that highlight our strengths, avoid scenarios that are going to expose our weaknesses. And we get so conditioned, I think, to actually live like this, we will change the way in which we operate in relationships, in any social circumstance, in an attempt to try and avoid any scenario that might potentially expose our weaknesses. The problem is that we then carry this into our walk with God. And we relate to God the same way Constantly trying to show God our strengths. Constantly, think about this for a laughing matter. Constantly trying to impress God with our giftings that He gave us in the first place. Trying to show God how good we are at what we can do. How together we have it. How great we worship. How good we can pray. When all the while, the very thing that we're trying to hide is the very thing that He wants. 
The very thing that we spend so much effort and so much energy trying to keep hidden away and trying to cover up and trying to avoid any situation that might expose it is the very thing that God says, watch this, my strength needs your weaknesses. That is such a challenging thought, isn't it? Think about it. God's strength needs something. I thought of that and I thought, hang on, what? That doesn't... God is God. He doesn't need anything. It's wrong. In fact, He says, in order for my strength to operate, not only in order for my strength just to be present, but in order for my strength, is wording in the New King James, to be made perfect. I need you to not cover and hide and try and compensate for your weaknesses. I need you to get your weaknesses and bring your weaknesses to me. And when I get your weaknesses, that'll make my strength perfect. And I'll do something in and through your life that's supernatural. That spoke to me, church. I'm telling you, speaking to me this week. He doesn't want perfection. My God, that'll set you free. If you can get that in your spirit, how tiring it can be in our prayer life, in worship, in our walk with God, in reading the Word. And all the while we get tired because we're trying to so often be something that really we're not. We're trying so hard to present something that is not truly, honestly who we are because the truth is we are imperfect, let's be real, screw-ups. Don't look at someone beside you. I'll just speak to myself. I am a straight up screw up. I'm messing up. I've got challenges. I'm working through things. But the more I try and be perfect, the greater distance I create between me and my God. God says, Ben, I want you to come to me with all your mess ups, all your insecurities, all your hurts, all your weaknesses and let me be God. Let me do what only I can do and pour out perfect strength upon your life. Take about 10 seconds and give God praise right now that He's an awesome God. He's an amazing God and He accepts us just the way we are. Man, I feel good tonight. It's free, it set you free. Paul, Paul has this moment we're in the middle of his, his talking. He's been talking about all of these things that he's done. And then he starts to talk about this gift. He calls it a gift. What is he talking about? The scholars don't know exactly. They say, they sort of debate a little bit, but they really say that Paul had some sort of, they actually think it was some sort of physical ailment. They say it may have been some sort of handicap, whether it be difficult with his eyes seeing, some sort of disease, some sort of physical handicap. And Paul says in this verse, he said, it kept me in constant touch. It was a gift. 
that kept, kept me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down, Paul says. It's, it's important that we understand that God, while God is so attracted to our weaknesses, he so loves our weaknesses because they, our weaknesses, in a sense, are a platform that best demonstrates his perfect power. And all the while we try and be strong, we, we, we water down the demonstration of God's perfect power. That the answer perhaps to our life is not more of his power in our life, but maybe just exposing to God more of our weaknesses. God loves is so drawn to, is so attracted to our weaknesses, so much so that he will actually allow us to walk into scenarios that will actually expose how weak we really are. Some of you might think, well, Ben, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound to me like, a loving God. Remember the story of Gideon? Remember Gideon? The children of Israel were being oppressed by a group of people called the Midianites and God comes down and he looks across the land. I dare say there were plenty of warriors, able men, fighters, killers, men that had been trained, men that knew what they were doing. But when God is trying to look for someone that will best demonstrate his power, God overlooks all of those people that are strong and he finds this Gideon dude who is tucked away in a wine press because he's scared and God chooses him. Not because he displayed such gifting, strength and ability, quite the opposite. Because God was never looking for gifting, strength and ability as much as we're impressed by that. He is not. God was looking for someone that had weaknesses. Tell someone, don't waste your weaknesses. We get our weaknesses and we hide them away and we think God will never use this. It's a weakness. Quite the opposite. That's the very thing God wants to use to display His power. Don't, don't waste your weaknesses. Remember Moses, the deliverer. Moses goes out. He's in Egypt. He gets banished from Egypt. Moses goes from Egypt out into the wilderness and he has this encounter with God. God comes and God speaks to Moses. And they're talking and God speaks to him and he says to him, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm choosing you, I'm going to use you to set my people free. And Moses and God, they have this conversation and Moses says to God, hey, listen, this, this is a great idea, but we've got a little problem. I'm not great at communicating. The Bible says he was slow of speech. 
They say he had like a stutter. He wasn't good at communicating. Now listen, we are talking about a God that is all powerful, that can do miracles. Why wouldn't God just touch Moses and heal him? Wouldn't that be a good story? That could preach. I had a stutter. God touched me. Now I'm healed. You could do a song. Could be awesome. Remember that song? Oh, no, I'm not even going to. What's that? that? No, I can't help myself. Um, I keep thinking of that rap song where that, that dude would stutter in it back in the day. Tick, tick, boom. And so time... Okay, forget it. <laughs> if you think of it, tell me after. <laughs> God, oh, you know I'm still thinking about it, don't you? <laughs> and sometimes I get in the... And sometimes they're getting nervous and start to start up. Remember that song? Enough of, oh, whatever. Anyone here who knows what I'm talking about? Tick, tick. Oh, forget it. You're all, I'm the only unsaved person in this building right now. Bro, right up there. Come up. Two guys right there. You know what I'm talking about. In Jesus' name. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Come Come back, Holy Spirit. I was about to make an incredibly great point. <laughs> Moses, God chooses Moses. Moses, Moses has a stutter. Stay with me, please, dear Jesus. <laughs> Moses has a stutter. Why didn't God just heal him? Because what God wanted to do was God wanted to send Moses in there fully aware of his weaknesses so that Moses, lest he lean upon his strength, lest Moses get what God said, listen, I'm not going to heal you completely. What I'll do is I'll send Aaron to go with you and he'll speak for you. In other words, I'm going to give you enough grace to get you through because my grace is sufficient, but I'm not going to remove the ailment because it's the ailment that keeps you, watch this, humble. What does he want? It's not necessarily that he wants us always weak, but he loves the fact that our weakness keeps us humble. This is some great preaching tonight. I really feel like I'm preaching something. You still with me? Is this, is this speaking to you? Good. I'll keep going then. If you had said no, we would have been in trouble because this is all I got for tonight. His strength. His strength is made. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. That's interesting wording. That God says his strength is made perfect. That would suggest that perhaps there's an imperfect strength sometimes that we see demonstrating, demonstrated in and through our life that maybe we don't always get to experience and see God's perfect strength unadulterated strength, none of me and all of him. How often do we step into that in our life? 
How often do we actually see the perfect strength of God Almighty working in and through our lives? I think the thing that stops that from happening is when we're trying so hard to impress Him with what we're good at. God enjoys the scenarios in our lives that cause us, that help us rather, to not lean upon our own gifting and our own ability, but help us to draw strength from God. It is all about demonstrating His power. I want to tell you that those moments when you feel the weakest are actually, I know in the natural they feel like they are your weakest moments, but I want to tell you those moments when you feel the weakest in the kingdom of God, you're actually the strongest. It's a bizarre thought. Understand how contrary the kingdom of God is to how we operate here in the natural. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Everything is reversed. The last shall be first. The first shall be last. Just when you feel like you're at your weakest, you are actually at your strongest. If you would focus upon your God. Why you might say, well, Ben, why does why do I not... Why do I not feel strong in that moment? Because often when we're at our weakest, we are focusing on our weaknesses. What God is trying to do when He allows us to experience things, hear me what I'm saying. I'm not saying the things come from God. Because God is a loving Father, nothing great can ever come from Him. That Paul says it in him in in here in the verse in verse eight, where he says Satan's angel did it, did this to try and get me down. It didn't originate from God, but God did allow it. So why does God allow certain things in our life? He allows certain things in our life to expose our weaknesses, to keep us humble, to try and get us shifting our focus off ourself, off our gifting, off our weaknesses, off our abilities, what we can and can't do and get our eyes upon Him so that in our moment of weakness, we will reach out and say, God, I need you. We've got an 11-month-old, almost 12-month-old son. He turns 12 this week. Give it up for Luca James. Turns 12 this week. He doesn't quite walk yet. He does um, have an amazing ability to make his way around the house very quickly, though, doing some sort of crawl, shuffle, scoot thing that he does. The other day, this week, in fact, he was in his high chair. I was feeding him and, uh, and I'd finished feeding him and he was sitting in his high chair. I was just a couple of feet from him. And, uh, and what he wanted to do, he, I could see he was sort of squirming in his chair. He actually wanted, he was trying to get out of his chair to get to where his toys were on the floor. And uh, so I was just sort of standing there watching him. Sometimes I just like watching, trying to work out what in the heck is he trying to do? It took him about 12 seconds to get from seated in his high chair to, if they can put up the picture, to this picture. 
if they can get it up. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? Hey, pray for us, won't you? I stood actually, and I was, don't call human services. I was about two feet from him, okay? Some of you are like, oh my. What I was doing was I actually stood there and watched him try and make his way out of his high chair to try to attempt to get from the high chair to the table and then from the table down onto the ground. I stood there and watched him do it. He didn't know that he didn't have the ability until he started trying. Then he started trying and I actually let him try and do it. Not because I wanted to see him fail, but because it, he did get to a point a few seconds after this photo was taken where he looked at the table and looked at the ground and looked back at the chair and realised, whoa, okay, I'm stuck. I didn't intervene until my 11-month-old son stopped what he was doing and looked at slowly at me and reached up one hand as if to say, Dad, I need your help. This is a picture for us, church. What's God doing? What's God allowing? You might say, why is God letting me hang out here like this? Why is God doing this? The longer you're hanging out there is not because God is letting you do it because He wants you to fall. It's because God is waiting for you to just humble yourself, raise a hand to heaven and say, God, I can't do it on my own. God, I'm stuck. God, I need your touch. God, I need your presence. God, would you move? I can't do it when I'm weak. You're strong. I need perfect strength from heaven to come right now and help me say don't waste your weakness weak moments things that we're perhaps not good at and scenarios also that perhaps we're not great in some of your strongest moments in God will come out of some of your weakest situations. When you feel like all hell is coming against you and you despise the scenario you're in and you're about ready to give up because you feel like you're about to drown and it's all over, I want to tell you, don't waste your weakness. Don't waste that moment because while it feels like that moment is your worst possible moment you could go through, you are seconds away from your greatest encounter. Don't waste your weak moments. It's in your weak moments the greatest worship will come out of your heart. It's in the weak moments you'll have your greatest encounters. It's in the weak moments where you'll get your greatest revelations of who your God is. Why? Because it's the weak moments moments that humble us. Don't waste 
your weakness. When you feel like you're weak, His perfect strength is about to be released in your life. If you would just reach up and say, Dad, if you don't mind, I'm sort of stuck right now. I need your touch. I need your presence. I need your help. Don't waste, don't waste your weakness. You might think I'm in a rough season. I'm in a tough time. Don't waste that tough time. You might be like, I'm going through some things. Some, some, some people are lashing out at me. I'm getting beat up a little bit. Don't waste it. How many people have wasted a tough time getting bitter at someone else? When you could have spent that tough time getting better in your walk with God. Wasted. You might say, Ben, the pressure's coming at me in the business. Listen, I want to tell you, listen, don't waste it. Don't waste this moment. Don't waste it, man. That's a moment right there. You could get crazy and you could let it all fall down around you or... You could use that moment to have your greatest encounter with God that you've ever had in your entire life. Don't waste it. Paul and Silas got put in prison. You know the story. And they got tied to, tied to each other, chained in the prison. The Bible says that they, were, they, got, they got arrested for preaching the Word of God and healing people. It says they got beaten before they got put in prison. They were beaten and then put in prison at their weakest moment. But we know the story. What did they choose to do at their weakest moment? They made that decision. Listen, let's not waste this weak moment right now. Let's use this weak moment to just start to give God some praise. Let's use what's happening to me right now to my advantage and use it to start to lift up the name of Jesus. Let's, let's use my weakness to create a platform for perfect strength to come and invade this jail. And you know the story, that's what happened. God moved and set him free. David, another story, David reached. What did he reach? He reached a weak, a weak moment where there was a decree that went out over his life. Daniel, I'm sorry, I said David. Daniel, where a decree went out over his life. Where it was a weak moment. This is moments before he gets thrown into the lion's den when he would be feeling like all hell is against him. It's all gonna fall apart. David made that decision to say, you know what, I'm not gonna waste this. I'm going to use this thing to get me to my prayer place and begin praying and begin interceding. And what happened? In his weakness, God moved. The story of David, 1 Samuel 17, when David comes out against Goliath, great story. We love it, right? David and Goliath, we heard about it when we were little kids. David going out there with a sling. We look at the sling like the sling was David's weapon, don't we? Because we know what the sling did. We know that it was the sling and the stone 
that killed Goliath. So we call the sling and the stone a weapon. It was because of the sling and the stone that this story is so great, isn't it? If David ran out there with like a bazooka or like a, you know what I mean? Like a couple of Uzis or like, you know, okay, that's stupid, Ben. Let's go out like with spears. Let's say, okay, David goes out there with spears. Listen, the story, it wouldn't have carried as much weight, would it? We talk about the sling and the stone like it was a weapon. But I want to take you for a moment into the mind of David before he runs out on the battlefield, looking at his sling and stone, probably not as a weapon, but as he compared it to all of the other soldiers standing there with swords and spears and shields, he's not looking at his sling and stone as a weapon. He's looking at it as a weakness. What have I got? Look at all of these other men that are trained. Who am I? What, 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 what have I got? What can I do? I don't have, all I've got is this weakness. I'm not a warrior. I'm not a fighter. I don't even have a weapon. But his weakness became his weapon in the hands of his God. Could it be that the very thing that you think is working against you, the very thing that you think is holding you back, put in the hands of God, will be the very thing That'll set you up for a victory. Listen, church, I want to tell you, don't waste. Don't you dare waste your weaknesses. Don't you dare think that the things that you're not good at are going to hold you back in the kingdom of God because I came here tonight to tell you that the very things you're not good at are not about to hold you back. They're about to push you forward. God's about to take what you can't do. God's about to take what you're not good at and touch it with a mighty supernatural hand and do something supernatural where God will get the glory and you won't. Don't waste Don't waste your weakness. There's people here, I felt this on my heart. You're wasting weak moments. What are weak moments? Weak moments when you feel at your weakest. When you don't have any more strength. You've tried everything you can do in the natural. And you've turned every other direction you can possibly turn. Listen, don't discard this moment. Don't just push it off to the side like it's nothing. Don't waste it. Because you're about to have the greatest encounters with God. Remember, listen, and I promise you I'll finish. Remember Samson? I love Samson. Dude was yoked. I mean, he... Samson, Samson, I don't know why I'm doing this, just feels good to do. 
Pastor Javon needs to be preaching this part of the message right now. Samson. Strength, known for strength. So many victories, man, dude was. Then he messes up. He gets caught up in this whole deal. You know the story with Delilah. Cut his hair. Chain him up. Doesn't get much lower. Doesn't get much more broken. It's, it's pretty much all over. It's so broken. It's so bad. It's such a weak moment. Think about this. The dude has so much strength, has so much victory. They're dragging him out. They're dragging him out to put him in front of, it's almost like a theatre show, to just mock him and make fun of him. Talk about a weak moment, but I love what Samson does. He prays this prayer in a weak moment. When it's as good as done. Think of my son Luca out in the middle saying, man, I'm going to fall. I've got nothing left on my soul. Samson, in last, he reaches out to God and he says, Lord, if you could just give me some strength just one last time. I bet he never prayed a prayer like that in his life. I bet he never humbled himself like that in his life. And the Bible says, you can go and read it. The Bible says that God took Samson in that moment and they put him between two pillars and they thought they were about to make a spectacle of him. But watch what our God does. You can shave his head, you can beat him up, you can chain him up. But when God's hand gets upon him, a humbled heart, a weak, broken heart, God will do something supernatural. And the Bible says that Samson got in between those two pillars. I would have loved to have been there, wouldn't you? Well, I wouldn't have because everyone died, but like maybe from a distance. And Samson starts pushing. Come on in, a weak moment. Samson, one pillar either side, starts saying, I'm not going down like this. I know I'm weak. I know I feel like it's all, it's all falling down around me. I feel like a clown. I know they're mocking me. And the Bible says that when Samson started to push on those pillars, the whole place came down and it said he had the greatest victory on that day and killed more Philistines on that day than any other battle. It was in his weakest moment that Samson had his greatest victory. I want to tell you, church, don't waste. Don't waste your weakness. Don't waste those moments where you feel like you can't go on. Isn't it crazy that the moments we feel like it's all over, God is just seconds away from doing His greatest work. Don't waste your weakness. You might be going through something right now. You might be dealing with some things right now. I want to encourage you and I feel this on my heart so strong. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.